0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Around the Keg podcast, your one-stop shop for hot takes and cold beer. I'm your host, Whit Barfield, and we have a really special show for you guys today. We have our first-ever interview with NFL draft writer and analyst Hunter Neal from our very own Georgia Southern University. Coming up, before we get into that, we have to talk about the Super Bowl, and we got to see how everybody's doing. Uh, Guys, how are you guys doing today?
1: Doing awesome, man. Watched a snooze fest of a Super Bowl last night. However, the food was great and that was pretty much it. So I'm doing great. Uh this was the final Sunday that there will not be any racing on TV. So I'm very happy about that. Football ended, but NASCAR is about to start up, so things are good for me. How about you, Keys?
2: Yeah, things are going pretty good. Uh I just kinda hung out at the house and watched the Super Bowl. Honestly, you're right. It was kind of a snoozer. I was really looking forward to having just a real good instant classic game. Uh, unfortunately, I think that the Chiefs couldn't help out Patrick Mahomes enough, so it was him versus the Bucks, and that just led to a pretty boring game um, with a couple of exceptional highlights from from Pat Mahomes and then the, the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. What about you, Wit? How was your weekend? Yeah, my weekend was pretty good.
0: Um, Actually, I uh, got drunk Saturday. Of course. Um, it was not good. Never, ever, ever forget to eat dinner before you go out drinking on the night because when you do, bad things happen. So trust me with, you that, with that, with that, that is, that is a rookie mistake. You did. You didn't eat before you drank. Come okay. On. I did eat. I did eat. Okay. So we, the bars here close at like 1030. So a lot of times we'll go out kind of early and most of the times we go out and we have dinner at the bar we're going to, or like near it. And then we'll like, just kind of stay out. But the bar we went to didn't have food. So, and I knew that going in, but we, I probably left my place at five. I just got back from playing golf for the day. I really wasn't super hungry at that point. I grabbed a power bar, so I ate a power bar. So I did eat a little bit of something So I was like, okay, I, I need at least something in my system, or I'm, I'm going to die. But at first, I was fine. Like i I was drinking, um, I drink vodka waters pretty much all night, and then um, my friend Pierce introduced me to vodka sodas with a lime in it, and it was one of the better tasting vodka drinks without any calories in it that i've ever had
2: my whole entire life and all right
1: wait so fantastic. so i i need i need somebody to explain this to me what you said a vodka water
0: i've, I've never had a vodka water what, what does that taste like a vodka water is literally vodka it's like a normal any kind of liquor drink except for it's just the liquor in the bottom vodka with water on top of it as the chaser so it literally tastes like like water but see what yeah no it tastes terrible that's why you have to get it with a lime or a lemon so it gives it that taste and you don't taste any alcohol at all if you put that in there
3: so, okay but i'm then- not a big
0: fan of vodka waters i'll drink them here and there if i'm trying to like diet or something like that like if I'm, I'm trying to lose weight but and that's why I, I drank like six or seven of them and i was like i was like guys these do not taste good like i don't like these that much they're like i i can get through them because of the lime in it but it's it's just not that good and that's why pierce was like Get you a vodka soda, man. Get a vodka soda, put a little lime in there. It's literally like sosa lime water. It was actually pretty good.
1: So so, so you're telling me it took you six of those vodka waters to make you realize you didn't like them?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, they weren't very big. so I, 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 I busted through them really quick, to be honest.
1: All
3: right, and, and
0: then you said vodka soda. So, I, I mean, I've had vodka Sprite. Have you have never had a vodka Sprite before? It's like, it's like a vodka Sprite without the Sprite heart and it's no calories oh so. okay so so like club soda yeah yeah i mean it's like sparkling water with with vodka and a lime in it which which would, honestly you would think would taste exactly like a vodka sprite but but vodka sprite has sugar and calories and all that and carbs and all that other crap in it but vodka soda is literally just seltzered water so why don't you just stop being a and just and, and, just, and just just <laughs> I knew. I knew you were about to say that. <laughs> I saw you whispered, spoke. <laughs> oh, man. He teed it right up right for me. I know oh my I did. God. Okay. That was funny.
1: Now now we're all off kilter, but whatever. I know. <laughs> uh, see, yeah. Now we're just just blew it up. We were, we were talking about your night out.
0: You know, I, I went out Saturday night and then obviously recovered pretty much all day Sunday until the Super Bowl. And. During the Super Bowl, I just, my buddy Danny came over and we just sat around, ordered some pizza and some wings from Papa John's and some garlic knots and and just chilled out and pigged out a little bit and watched what was honestly one of the worst Super Bowls I think I've seen in a really, really long time because it was just complete complete
1: beatdown. Yeah, man. That Super Bowl was just, it, like I said before, it was a snooze fest. You know, the, the first couple series were okay and then really the Buccaneers just dominated the game from, from the line of scrimmage on both sides. They dominated the game. I know the chiefs had uh, some o- offensive line issues uh, because of COVID, but you know, I, I really think that man, the Buccaneers just played a hell of a game, especially on defense.
0: They did. And honestly, I think the Buccaneers defensive line or, or the front seven altogether, including the linebackers was extremely underrated coming into that game. Cause And our buddy Mark was texting me this, and he might have been putting the group message too, pretty much throughout the entire game. Devin White was the best player on the field during the Super Bowl, hands down, hands down. He had over, he had 11 tackles. I think he had two or three sacks, and he had a pick. He had a pick as a middle linebacker. So, like, I'm honestly a little bit surprised and a little bit disappointed that he did not win. Um the mvp of the super bowl i understand why tom brady did because he's tom brady and you know it, like it doesn't piss me off but it's still like i mean come on like obviously devin white was the guy yeah devin white
1: ha- has been the mvp for the buccaneers for the entire playoffs he like in every single game that the buccaneers have played in the playoffs he has been one of the key reasons they've won that game and last night was no different they handed the, the mvp to tom brady because he's tom brady and you know it's the seventh super bowl but if you if you look at his numbers he played an efficient game, which he had to do, but he was only twenty for I think twenty six, something like that. One hundred ninety five yards, three touchdowns. Like his numbers weren't weren't that that impressive. But what was impressive was the defense, especially uh, Devin White.
0: No, yeah, and I honestly think that's how it's been all year. Like Tom Brady, I don't think he's really done a lot to change the Buccaneers from a from a point of his play, I think it's more so been from his leadership and his efficiency. Because, like, Jameis Winston, was, yeah, Winston wasn't a terrible quarterback. He just turned the ball over a lot, and he was a terrible, terrible leader for the team. He so didn't basically, do anything for that locker room whatsoever. Basically, you just described a terrible quarterback. No, he just made bad decisions and was a bad leader. You could make bad decisions as a quarterback and still be good. Matthew Stafford and Brett Favre made – have made terrible decisions as quarterbacks. They are well known for making bad decisions. Matthew yeah. Stafford especially throws. He throws like, he averages like two or three picks a game, but he's still a really good quarterback, in my opinion. Either but of those guys Matthew ever Stafford's throw 30 lead.
1: interceptions in a game?
0: I mean, in a season? No, but he also threw 30, 30 touchdowns in the season. And I'm not saying he's a good quarterback. He's, but and he's, I'm just saying he's not, he's not so bad to the point where his play is not the main reason why. The Buccaneers weren't that good last year. I think the main the main difference between the Bucs from last season and, and what the Bucs were this season was because Tom Brady came in there and woke them up. That's what I think. And not just from his play, but from his leadership, as well as his efficiency.
1: We have to really sit back and just admire at what Tom Brady did for the Buccaneers. He came in to a team that won seven games last year and where the quarterback threw 30 interceptions – and took them to the Super Bowl, won the Super Bowl in a dominating fashion, thirty-one to nine, in his first year. We have to realize that this was his first year with a new team. I heard somebody say this uh, earlier today. Tom Brady is the best general manager in the league because if you if you if you look at if you look at the Buccaneers team, a lot of those players weren't on the team last year like a lot of the key players Gronkowski, Leonard Fournette, Antonio Brown. These are guys that were huge last night. And they were all there because of Tom Brady. Oh, absolutely. So wait, what do you think about the the halftime performance?
0: I honestly think it was pretty good. I think people a lot of people that I talked to today like at work or like on Twitter or whatever really weren't big fans of it, and they 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 kept saying stuff like, why hasn't the halftime show for the Super Bowl been good in the past, like, 10 to 15 years? And I kind of disagree. Like, I thought, like, it wasn't my favorite that I've ever seen. I thought it was a kind of a little bit different, but I honestly think that was because, number one, COVID kind of changed things up a little bit. Number two, the weekend literally paid for the entire performance out of his own pocket and didn't get paid a single cent for doing that. So, or that's what I saw on Twitter, which Lord knows if Twitter's true or not, but I mean that's that's all I had to go off of. And, and if that's true, honestly, that was an incredible performance.
1: Yeah, I like The Weeknd. I like I like his music. Uh it's just I've personally felt that the performance was underwhelming. I gave it a 5 out of 10. I didn't like I like his songs, but I like you said COVID I think had a lot to do with how the uh the whole production went on. I think it,
2: if we weren't in a COVID year; it would have been a lot better for me. As far as uh, artists in that genre go, I like The Weekend. I don't like too many artists in that genre, but I think, especially with uh, like how TikTok's blowing it up and everything, I, I think that was a decent choice. I don't know the name of the song, but you you know the one I'm talking about. That's like one of the most blinding lights. TikToks. Yeah. yeah, 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 blinding lights. I thought that was I thought that was great to have in there. I, I thought at first the show was underwhelming, but then when they, everybody moved into in the field and there was like was, 300 people there. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. I, I I was thinking the same thing Lando was. I was like, oh this this still kinda of, kinda of stinks. It's in the end zone. They're not really doing much. And then part of it he kinda of went back in the mirrors where, you know, we got a meme out of that one. And uh and then when they moved to the field, I thought I thought, okay, this is a pretty decent show. There's this this there's a lot to this. And they had that great shot. I don't know if you guys caught that great shot, but it's like a, a lower angle shot of of the weekend with the fireworks going off behind them and that I think it was. Yeah, the 8K, I saw that. That's been all over like, Twitter too. It was the eight K camera, I think, and that looked yeah. awesome. Which Shout out to the 8K camera work in the, in the Super Bowl. It looks a little too real for me. It looks almost like Madden, but it, it, it's cool. Definitely cool. Still got to work out some kinks, but th- those cameras are awesome. You know, coming from a tech nerd like me, I, I'm really into it. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm with you. I thought the when they were on the field, that was really cool
0: too. One thing I really missed from this Super Bowl halftime performance was the big stage on the field with all the people surrounding it. Because I usually think that's pretty cool. And we didn't get any surprise stars to show up. I always think that's one thing. And it's in the uh, halftime shows that really gets the people going, um, that makes it like one of the better halftime shows that I've ever seen. Like a lot of times my favorites are the ones with, this, with the featured stars.
1: Yeah. Um, on the same note with like musical uh, performances, I think that the national anthem was fantastic. And I also think that God Bless America was also really, really good. A lot of times we get, you know, some stars in there that'll get on get on there and they they think they're doing a good job, but they really don't they they actually stink up the show but the people the three people that that did it uh last night uh you had her who performed the uh
0: God bless America God bless
1: America, yeah, and I never knew that she could play the guitar like that i i am I'm, I'm fully aware of what she can do as a singer, but her as a musical talent with the guitar is freaking awesome and then Eric Church, who's one of my favorite country music singers, and the
0: other person I don't know the other person you know, <laughs> I don't either. I don't know where the first one was. <laughs> dude, great, great dude, musical performances. Dude, I'm with you, man, though. Like, it was it was one of the better, uh, God bless America, national anthem performances that I've ever seen, for sure. Um, <laughs> the national anthem, uh, you know, honestly, one thing I really want to shout out to is the national anthem hit the over. And that's a big deal for sports bettors like me who just throw money at all kinds of sorts of crazy crap like that. I think the. It ended up being the over under was two minutes and six seconds, and it ended up being two minutes and thirteen seconds. So, and my buddy Danny, his older brother, threw seventy five dollars on it hitting the over. So, seventy five dollars on the national anthem hitting the over. So, so it was. It ended up being a good thing that it hit that for sure.
1: One thing I didn't like for for the, all the pregame though was. Like all of the extra video stuff that they had, and like I, I felt a lot of this stuff was kind of just extra. But you know, COVID year, they were trying to make up for stuff. So, I guess it is what it is.
0: Did y'all notice all the crazy Nickelodeon stuff they were doing for pregame too? They pretty much like pretty much all the there was a whole pregame segment on CBS. I watched the pregame from like probably three thirty, three o'clock onto game time, and a whole thirty minutes, maybe forty five minutes segment. Was hosted by the people who called the Nickelodeon game when it was the Saints Bears on Nickelodeon. And it was those two, and it was uh whoever the guy was that was like the host for it. I can't remember his name either, but they, and they showed like all the sli- all the highlights from the uh, NFC Championship, AFC Championship, in the slime zone and the SpongeBob in the goal post kind of thing. And they had this whole like, guess the player, and it was Tom Brady. I don't know what the NFL is doing trying to get kids into football I, I don't know if they're just trying to like come after that generation now because uh, maybe people in the generation above us is starting
2: to get out of the out of pro football a little bit or something but um, I just think it's I just think it's wild to me what they're doing I, saw, I I watched some of the pregame as well I saw I think they had like some kids in there interviewing Tom Brady which I thought was pretty cool um, they were asked like doing a Q&A with Tom Brady and I thought that was neat um, but yeah I, I did notice that at first I was like am I watching Nickelodeon I had to check. I checked the TV guide, and I was like, "No, I'm on CBS." I'm like, "It's all good. They must have some sort of contract." But I kind of, I kind of like it. It's cool for that audience. It's not for me. Tony Romo is gonna, gonna get my viewership, but definitely really cool for the kids.
0: Yeah, I don't mind all the Nickelodeon stuff, but put it on Nickelodeon because kids aren't gonna sit there and watch the pregame on CBS. That's for that's for the parents and for people like us who, like, well, I say we don't sit around and watch Nickelodeon, but I guarantee you, at least one of us does every morning lando spongebob <laughs> i just think it's kind of weird where they throw it into the pregame when you're sitting there trying to watch all the pregame festivities you know they had miley cyrus out there this year they had a lot of really cool stuff going on um outside of the stadium and around tampa bay but and then you the, and then you throw in that random nickelodeon thing going on I, I just wasn't a huge fan all right guys let's get into our first ever interview here on the around the keg podcast and we could not have asked for a better football mind to join us today We have accomplished NFL draft writer and analyst, Hunter Neal.
3: Hunter, how's it going, dude? It's going good, man. Appreciate the intro. Say I'm far from accomplished, but, you know, whatever I'll take what I can get. (laughs) Well,
0: hey, you're more accomplished
3: than the rest of us, that's for sure. Appreciate it, man. So, Hunter, where'd you get all of your, like,
1: NFL scouting knowledge from?
3: Yeah, I mean, over the years, it was just something, like, I've been interested in the draft since I was in, I was early high school. And I just kind of, like, I used to sit there draft nights. And like in like ninth, tenth, eleventh grade, and literally every single pick that happened in the first round, I wrote down in a notebook why I did this. I don't know. I just sat there and wrote down. I used to have looked up the first round after, but I just felt like writing it down and just going through. And just it just blossomed from there. And then freshman year, of my first year of college, I ended up starting my own website where I could focus solely on like actually writing and and like putting my thoughts out there. And from that moment, I was able to. Just kind of like grow my knowledge of scouting and over the years i've grown and perfected kind of my craft in a way i wouldn't say perfected but i've kind of grown my craft in a way to where i can understand what i'm actually looking at and analyze what i'm looking at so most of my stuff is like ho- like kind of homegrown i've kind of i've absorbed a lot through like reading and studying uh some of the big people in draft media per se and kind of just going from there understanding everything and just learning every single year constantly learning
1: Well, I will say that you are the only person I know that enjoys looking at players and analyzing them, and enjoys the draft. Like I enjoy the draft one because it's on my birthday or kind of close every every year, and two because every couple years an Oklahoma player will will get drafted number one, and it's it's just it feels good to see my team do well. (laughs) So other other than that, man, like really good for you, man, because I. I can see that you put in a lot of work with with uh, what you do and you put a lot of time in to, to really analyze these players.
3: Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I mean, like I, I get busy sometimes, but I really try to just do as much as I can whenever I get a chance to. So, Hunter, I know you put out and share a lot
0: of your content, like on your personal Twitter account, uh, but your work is shown on a, def- on a couple of different platforms. Where all can your work be found?
3: Yeah, so um, I'm most of my work is easily the best way easiest way to find it is through my Twitter account, like you said, which is uh, at HunterNeal underscore. Um, outside of that, I, I'm a contributor and like writer for WithTheFirstPick.com, dot com, which is a subsection of Fansided dot com, and that and the website itself covers uh, all the NFL drafts that and um, there I write articles relating to the draft, the NFL as a whole, which mostly mostly a like emphasis on the NFL draft year round. And then outside of that, all my scouting reports um, are mostly done on Google docs. And I just share them throughout through Twitter and stuff. Um, I used to have a website. I don't really operate it anymore just because it got expensive to upkeep uh, the cost of it. So I just switched to Google docs where I could still easily share all my articles and stuff.
1: I have a, like a legit question for you. Who do you think is a better NFL analyst? Mel Kiper or
3: Todd McShay? ah uh, it's tough like if you want to say as a whole it's i'd probably say Todd to but like mostly because what mel kuyper did to like really start because he was the first person to ever like truly start the like coverage of the nfl draft in a way like through the media that like it was never done before prior to prior to him which is why he's like one of like the godfathers of nfl draft like analysis like he's that's one of his like titles per se like unofficially but like which is why he's so big. Like now it's just kind of more feels like it's more him hearing stuff instead of doing all the work that you see some other people do not say that he doesn't do work, but like I feel like mo- most of his stuff now is just mostly due to like what he hears from the league, which is perfectly fine for like, for, like anyone who wants to understand the first round or like understand the draft, like in a bit ba- from the basis of it that you can really absorb a lot of information. i look at, some of his mock drafts and ranking stuff because I think it reflects a lot of what the league thinks. So that's very interesting on my perspective, just to understand, hey, this is what the league thinks of these guys. This is what the NFL likes this, these people, these people don't, and compare it to like my own personal rankings and where I value them.
1: I personally love seeing those two dudes get on TV and just go at each other's necks the entire time because a lot of times they have just a huge difference of opinions when it when it comes to certain players and Seeing people that passionate
3: about what they do is is awesome to see them want to kill each other. Yeah, it's always fun to like sit there and like be able to like debate like players and like why you like them compared to like why you don't, where you think they fit, how you think they fit in a certain role specifically. It's just always fun to be like, hey, I think this player fit, excel in this role, etc. Hunter, who's your favorite NFL
0: draft analyst out of all like the bigger sites and stuff like the mock drafts that we see every day pop
3: up on our phones? Uh oh, man, I don't know. Um, all the guys at the DraftNetwork.com—they got a good bunch of guys. They're all great at what they do. They they put out a immense amount of content, and I I love absorbing all of them. Most of uh, draft podcasts I listen to is uh, some, from some of the guys that are, work there. They're not as well known as like the Matt Millers, Janet, Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, Mel Kypers of the world, but like like they're very—they're good at what they do. So I like all, I like that group of guys, but DJ's definitely
0: a top. Yeah, man. But let's get into some of your actual content. I noticed on Twitter, you've been spitting out some of your scouting reports um, for the guys in this draft class. Who are some guys that stand out to you that most people aren't talking about?
3: Yeah. I mean, so I'm early in the process. I've got like 35, 40 guys done only. So it's not much. And most of it is like some of the bigger name players, but we'll get into some small guys. Um, However, outside of like, outside of that, one of the biggest players that I'm probably higher on than most people, at least, is uh, Rashawn Slater, who's offensive tackle out of Northwestern. He opted out of the year, so he's not very... He wasn't very known because he didn't get any time during the season. Um, while many people have, like, Penny Sewell, so- 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 the tackle out of Oregon as the top guy, I actually have Slater as the top offensive tackle in the class, which is, like, very surprising to most people, just because was billed as, like, a generational-type talent. And while he's very good, I just... I love Slater's game and how he... Transcends to the next level, and another thing that's very like benefit bene, benefiting uh, to that point is that the NFL seems to really like him too. The uh, we got your big names such as Dan, Dan Jeremiah, Matt Miller, uh, Bucky Brooks. They're all sitting there, and they've all Dan Zerline, who works for NFL.com. They all have put put out that um, people close to the like people in the NFL are probably higher on Slater than they are on Sewell. Which is very interesting. When I first, after I watched this film, I was like, "Man, I really agree." Like, he's a fantastic prospect, and he's got offensive tackle, slash guard, really all five positions he can play at high levels. IQ is insane too. So you don't think that uh,
1: him sitting out this past year is going to hurt his draft stock? Because I watched a little bit of the Senior Bowl practice, and uh, Jamie Newman, who played at Wake Forest and yeah. transferred to Georgia uh decided to set out a year and he he honestly you could see that he was rusty just I know it's a senior bowl and you know everybody's just kind of kind of out
3: there doing stuff but it's a tough question to answer like as a whole I think it'll affect like overall for me it doesn't affect like them to to opt out like any player that's decided to opt out I don't think that's going to affect my grades on them personally however I think through the landscape or scope of the NFL, it'll affect certain teams might care more than others. So it really depends on the team itself and how they value it. Because there's some like big name guys who have all sat out, like Greg Rousseau sat out, Michael Parsons sat out, Jamar Chase, all these guys sat out. So I really think that it's gonna be a by team basis. Some teams might not care at all. Some might have a little bit, some might like some might take these players off their board. Like it just depends on the team itself and how the scouting process is and how they're comfortable so well nice
0: man yeah speaking of uh, some of those top 10 draft prospects um on this show our favorite teams are the falcons the jags and the eagles um each of whom are in a great position to land uh difference making talent if you're in charge of these teams what position are you looking for and who are some notable players to look out for
3: all uh, right yeah um I mentioned you guys are Falcons fans. I'm a Falcons fan as well. So I'm, I'm obviously very like in-depth with the team as a whole and everything. There's a Falcons are on a very interesting spot, to say the least. At least quarterback oh, yeah. given to them and a top option for them, at least in mock drafts as you look around. And that makes a lot of sense, given the fact that you aren't picking top five very often. So when you're picking top five, you need to fully examine all quarterback options and all options on the board to see if you really want one of those guys. So, therefore, if the Falcons do think that one of these, I say four uh, quarterbacks, by four, I mean Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and Trey Lance, pants if they think one or any of them are true franchise changing players, I think that they should pull the trigger on one of those players. I doubt Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be available. So, you really got the other three guys. I would be, personally, I'd probably be okay with any of the three. I haven't finished my evaluation on Justin Fields, so I do not know exactly where I land on him relative to the other three just because I finished my evaluation on uh, Trey Lance and Zach Wilson for the most part. Like 90% of it's done. But all of them are options that I think that they should definitely look at. And player like Trey Lance, who is a North Dakota State quarterback, he's very intriguing in terms of a player. If you want someone who – who um, can really sit and develop while Matt Ryan finishes out however long his tenure ends up being in Atlantic. They so said he's going to come back, so you got about, at least this year, who knows after that. But if you want a player who can sit and develop and really do he has the highest potential of anyone in the class, including higher potential than and then, uh, Trevor Lawrence. However, the, his ability to reach that is not as high, which is why Trevor is drastically viewed as a higher prospect. Tell you one thing: If
1: I'm an NFL organ- organization, I'm not drafting anybody, especially a quarterback, out of North Dakota State, because cause right now Carson Wentz is 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 awful,
3: and I, and I hope the and I hope and I hope the Eagles trade him. Yeah, see, that's certainly a good case study to look at and really like evaluate as a whole and and figure out why that is. Um, there's quite a few differences in between the two players' games. games um, I would say Trannis is way more mobile. He's got fantastic arm, one of the best in the class. He's got a rocket. And he's so young. He was a um, – so obviously they played one game this season as uh, FCS football was canceled. So he had one game this season. But last but like before that, in 2019 was his first season starting. He was a redshirt freshman. So kid's insanely young. He's like 19 or 20. And so he's got a lot of potential to grow. But you could kind of – tell he um had like 31 touchdowns, zero interceptions that over a thousand rushing yards but you could tell he's raw and needs development he definitely needs at least one year maybe a year and a half of development so i i would love for him to go to a place where he can sit and i'm pretty high going to the falcons i'd be a big fan of it
1: i'm not a falcons fan everybody knows that but seeing what the eagles are going through right now with some quarterback controversy jalen hurts is it's like uh, how you're saying this guy is. He's hes raw. He needs to develop. He needs time under a better a better quarterback. The Falcons would be wise to steer clear of that just in case something happens with Matt Ryan to where you have to put this guy in and, and it's, a, it's a complete mess. If I'm the Falcons, I'm taking Zach Wilson because I've seen more of him. I like what he can do with his arm better. I like his decision-making better. I think he's a better runner than Justin Fields. However, I would like to see Justin Fields... Play for the Falcons just because he's a Georgia boy. So it'd be cool to see him come back
3: home and play for the hometown Falcons. Yeah, that connection is definitely one that's like connected. I mean, being so close to Atlanta by itself is is exciting. Um, all three of them are all great talents. It's a pretty rare quarterback class when you're four guys who are considered high and franchise quarterbacks. That's extremely rare and not something you see often at all. But I mean, if you want to move off of quarterback for the Falcons, say they don't want to go there, I think the top option is offensive line. Um, their new G- general manager, Terry Fontenot, worked for the Saints, and during this, during uh, his tenure with the Saints, the Saints drafted a ton of trench players. They're very, very, uh, they wanted to build the best offensive line. They've won the best offensive lines in the league because of it. And so I, I think an emphasis on the offensive line is something that the Falcons will invest in heavily. So, like I said, uh, Rashawn Slater or Penny Sewell are some sneaky picks that the Falcons have if they don't want to go quarterback or end up not being able to trade back. Uh, transition to Lando's favorite team, the Eagles, was so uh, they're in the same boat in a way as the uh, Falcons. They definitely need to examine all their options to figure out what they want to do in the quarterback position. They there's a lot of talk right now about trading Carson Wentz. If they can get the competition that they can, that they can get, Howie Roseman deserves an award. He deserves to be GM of the year already. If he can trade, if he can trade Carson for Stafford, like stafford deal deal like that that's insane but anyways uh the eagles will likely do a ton of evaluating study this horse class all all four of the guys probably even fifth sixth option just to see who they want um doug pearson Howie roseman entering the year called themselves the quarterback factory which is why they ended up drafting the uh jalen hurts in the second round and he wants to develop him now that really bit them in the butt after carson started playing bad and then hurts and it's like well you're not quarterback factory but uh, we're sitting here again where quarterback's a high option for a high need for the team uh they stick with if Wentz is still on the team I doubt they go quarterback I really do just because you have two guys you don't need to add a third to two people so you need to see, so if Wentz is there and you got two quarterbacks there you got to let that uh camp battle battle out and I'd look at like a receiver which is huge need you have Sean Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey entering free agency and not much to replace him. You got you need a better – like Jalen Rager just has to play better than he did last year. Like There's no other option. He just has to. But he really needs someone to help him. And that's where, like, if you want to go not quarterback, you, you're looking at the Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle as the three players that are really stick out in terms of receiver.
1: If I'm the Eagles, I
3: draft offensive linemen because that is what we need that's certainly a pick that like the Eagles their roster is about to be so different in the next year or two than it currently is they are in in terms of like cap and everything like they don't have the money they're going to cut and restructure so many players that their roster is not going to look the same as it currently is and because of that there's really no position that the that the Eagles aren't going to be in need of within the next two years just because they're going to have to Move people around and let so many players walk. Even if you're like, "Oh, this player's kind of talented," well, like chances are probably gone. Like they can't pay him. There's no way the Eagles are going to trade Carson Wentz for a Matt Stafford type deal. There's, there's no, absolutely oh, no, I, no way. I, I don't think so either. I saw that it came out today that Howie Roseman is looking for something of that caliber that I doubt you can get. I bet you can get a. If you can get a first round pick, that's great. That's fantastic. I wouldn't be too surprised just because it. NFL over inflates quarterbacks. I mean you saw like uh I think it was two years ago now, Josh Rosen, who didn't do anything in his league, went for pick fifty seven overall. So like a quarterback who's actually shown that he can play and played at an MVP caliber at one point in his career, going for at least a first round pick make is doable and makes sense. What we need to do is get rid of Carson
1: Wentz, get rid of Jalen Hurts while we're at it, and uh get ourselves a real good quarterback and Another thing, we also need Hire Roseman to get the hell out of Philadelphia because he's ruining the franchise. Absolutely. He, he went and hired a moron who, who can't give a press conference, or a, a a decent press press conference to ignite the team, to, to make the fans excited. He gives some bull crap about learning systems, having systems in place so that way the players can learn the systems because they're easy systems and easy systems are easy to learn. You see what I'm saying? Awful, absolutely awful. We we fired a guy who won us a Super Bowl for 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 this guy, and now our quarterback wants to leave. It's just ridiculous. All
0: right, I, I have a question, just an Eagles question that I honestly don't really understand. Every time I watched Jalen Hurts play, I thought he actually looked pretty good. So, what is the whole why? Why does no one want him to be the starter next year? Are they just assuming he's not going to be good enough?
1: From, from 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 my from my personal opinion, I don't think Jalen Hurts is. At quarterback caliber enough to get us to the playoffs and to win us a Super Bowl. He is, in my opinion, like a lesser version of Lamar Jackson.
3: Lamar Jackson has gone to the playoffs two years in a row. Lamar Jackson has also
1: gotten his ass beat in in a couple of these playoff games. So playoff wins are over
3: overrated. overrated stat. They don't mean anything.
1: Okay. So, so when I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep a receipt on this. When Lamar Jackson <laughs> never makes it to an AFC Championship game, I, I'm I'm gonna come back to you and 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 ask you these same
3: questions. It still won't matter. The the whole, it's a team sport. The whole thing. Like you look, we literally watched a game last night where Patrick Mahomes had nothing around him work on offense, and he couldn't do anything.
1: We literally watched a team in in the Buccaneers that that won seven games last year. The quarterback threw thirty interceptions, and they got rid of him and brought in this 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 old guy who's like forty three years old. And he goes and throws seven interceptions and wins the Super Bowl in his first year. So, it, sure, know, but like it, it's a team sport. But it also matters with the, the players that you have.
3: Yeah, it does. But it matters the players that you have outside of just the quarterback position. You can't put wins and losses solely on a quarterback. They can make or break some losses, but as a whole, it's not just that one. It's a team around you to win the sp- win the game. Which is how the Buccaneers won with such a great defense. Their defense was phenomenal last night. Like more to aspects of the
1: game to allow you to win. So I I know, I know we've completely veered off, off the topic. We have, but, but oh, well we're here (laughs) now. And I'm just going to say this Lamar, Lamar Jackson has had a great defense. Okay. Like a really good Ravens defense and his, his weapons aren't that bad. You have Mark Andrews. he's one of the, one of the better tight ends in the league. You have several good running backs. The offensive line is actually pretty decent. His issue is he can't throw
3: the receivers the ball. I would push back all the on that, but that's okay. <laughs> all right, let's get back on topic. all right um, so Eagles,
0: you were talking about wide receiver. I'm assuming the two top wide receivers for you or let's say three are probably going to be Jamar Chase, Devonte Smith, and Jalen Waddell. Which one of those three do you think would probably end up going six to the Eagles if you're going to take one of those three
3: ah uh, it's It's tough to say all th- uh every team of the league probably have a different order of these three guys personally. My top receiver is Jalen Waldo, then I have Devontae Smith, and I have Jamar Chase as probably wide receiver three, maybe lower, who knows. Um, gotcha. But I would be, but like, it really, like, wide receiver, and there's a big, there's a, There's an old saying where you want to build your wide receiver room like a basketball team, in a way, and and what that means is you want to build your wide receiver room with all different shapes and sizes, all different molds. You want contestants, you guess, contested catch guys. You want uh, nuanced route runners. You want the speedy threat. You want all different different types of receivers. So really, so per team, it really matters what mold you are looking for. For the Eagles specifically, you just drafted a guy who has a lot of speed. If you want to double down on that, Jalen Waller makes a lot of sense. You want a nuanced route runner. Devontae Smith makes a lot of sense. He's a I, he's one of the, he's one player I'd bet on to be an outlier. Lando, your thoughts on a receiver? <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: if I'm the Eagles man. Uh, I just I I don't know because we like you said we we drafted that speed receiver but I think that Devonte Smith is just such a beast that you have to draft him. We already have
3: kind of like he makes the most sense honestly. Like in terms of like while I like I have a set rank of who I like but like again it probably varies a lot per team just because because it depends on the more you are looking for and. I, I love Wilder's game. I love Devontae Smith's game, too. He's going to, like, like I said, he will be an outlier in terms of if he succeeds just because there's been five guys in NFL history who have succeeded with more than 1,000 receiver receiving a season at his given size. But, he, man, the way he plays is just fantastic. I see what Tyreek
1: and- Hill does, and I say, why can't he do the same thing? So I'm drafting Devontae Smith.
0: So, yeah, Hunter, what about the Jags? I mean, obviously, number one overall is probably going to end up being Trevor Lawrence, but um, I believe they have a second first-round pick, don't they?
3: Yeah, they uh, pick at 25. So
0: who do you think uh, is going to be around at that point and a good target for them to take?
3: The Jaguars have a good amount of holes as well. Um, Offensive tackle is a big question for them. Um, They drafted C.J. Henderson last year at corner, but they really need someone on the other side. They have no one else in that secondary. It's really just – the rookie CJ Henderson last year, and no one else in the secondary, and they struggled greatly there because of that. So, I mean, you got guys at 25. Um, you're looking at corners like Eric Stokes out of Georgia. Um, oh, yeah, I out boy, Georgia, but I'm not hiring him at all. Um, uh, one of the sleeper picks that uh, no one's really talking about right now is a corner at Syracuse named Ifetu Melafanu um he's actually the uh younger brother of obi Melifanu who was drafted by the raiders in the first round as a safety a uh, few 2018 i believe or 17 okay his brother didn't do much in the league i don't think he's in the league to be that honest he might be some depth player or not but uh effective Melifani's a guy who is not talked about a lot as a first round picker really discussed really at all Pro- many people probably don't know who he is but he's a long he's a tall rangy uh physical corner. Um outside Mayfield who's offensive tackle at Michigan, you have Tevin Jenkins, who I'm a big fan of, who's a uh, offensive tackle at Oklahoma State. Um any edge rusher on the board is available for the Jaguars probably. And it's someone I'd consider as well. But they got a bunch of different ways to go and they got a bunch of picks to use this whole draft. So they have a bunch of different strategies they can implement.
0: Nice man, yeah, a lot of those guys, uh two Georgia guys specifically, I'm big fans of Tyson Campbell, I think is a little bit overrated um with some of the stuff that people have put out about him going in the first round. he's just really really raw talent I got a um, fit on him, golly <laughs> i don't dude. I don't blame you though because, I mean he he's a good player, he's not awful, but he's like he's just got a lot to work on his his ball skills are just
3: not there right now, Listen, half balls. it it's absolutely zero, his ball skills right oh there. yeah you you're drafted. Yeah. Athlete and the NFL shows like, Hey, we will draft athletes. So, like, I'm not going to put it past the NFL to be like, Hey, this kid's an athlete and draft him. But outside of that, his technique's a mess. He just, he comes up, he's off balance a lot of times in his transitions. He just not really, uh, throws are down well. His ball skills, he just can't attack or address the ball. He's no route anticipation. He really struggles on breaks because of that. And he, uh, Shifty, speedy receiver, really give him fits just because he's not expecting any breaks anytime. And when it happens, he realizes his athleticism to really get him there and make a play or shut the guy down.
0: Yeah, yeah, dude, I'm with you. Um, I feel like cornerback is one position in the first round that guys with more raw talent end up getting taken kind of towards the end. I think another position that's like that is offensive line, especially offensive tackle. And um, I think yesterday we saw... One team in specifically really needs some offensive tackle help, and that's the Chiefs. Um, so the Chiefs have picked 31 now, obviously, after watching them lose the Super Bowl yesterday. Who are some targets for the Chiefs? Um, There's offensive tackle guys that might be going at the end of the first round.
3: Yeah, so it's actually pretty tricky. So the Chiefs entered last night's game with uh, several backup offensive linemen in the game. They had, both, they had two backups at, they had backups at both tackle positions, and they're on their third-string guard. Um, they lost Kletchia Simile at guard and all-pro right tackle Mitchell Schwartz for most of the season. And the AFC Championship game, they lost uh, Pro Bowl tackle Eric Fisher. And then they also had their starting left guard uh, opt out of the year before it started because he's a doctor and he wanted to help uh, with COVID at, in hospitals. And they also had uh, rookie offensive lineman Lucas Nang at TCU opt out. So they were very, very, like... Stretched thin on the offensive line as a whole. So luckily for them, they'll have much of these players come back next year. So the line will not look anything like what we saw in the Super Bowl. However, with that said, they also it's clear they need depth along the line, just on both the both at tackle and along the interior. So there's luckily for them, it's probably one of the deepest offensive line classes we've seen in a while. So you got uh most interior offensive linemen be available around this pick um. One of the biggest guys, Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. He's got uh, both inside and outside flexibility. He's probably one to go probably earlier than that pick, but if he's available, that's a card they should jump on outside of them on the interior. You got Van Dickerson out of um, Alabama, Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State, Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma. Um, at Tackle have Samuel Cosme out of Texas, Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State, Liam Eikenberg out of Notre Dame, uh Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama the class is insanely deep um outside of offensive line though a sneaky uh need for the Chiefs is actually wide receiver they have uh Sammy Watkins interest free agency this year so and outside of Tyreek Hill they don't really have much obviously Travis Kelsey is basically a receiver but I, in terms of true receiver position um it's a spot that gets mocked to them every once in a while but it's not a ton just because it's Really depends on what they do with Watkins. If they end up keeping Sammy Watkins, and they probably won't address this need at least early rounds. But wide receiver, you have guys like Rashad Bateman, Kadarius Tony, Terrence Marshall, who all fit the more of the players they'd love to love pl- to have. God,
0: Kadarius Tony being thrown in in that Chiefs offense—it would that would be it would that would be nasty. I hope those it. two. Tyreek Hill, Kadarius Tony, and Miko Hardman with Travis Kelsey. That's a lot of that's a lot of speed. All the speed you can have in the world. That is unbelievable. With the quarterback who could probably throw the longest the longest
3: touchdown pass. Yeah. I mean not like Terrace Long LSU. He's not like the like the fastest guy, but he's one of the best deep ball receivers you have. Oh yeah. Big time.
1: All right, so Hunter, um, There are several other teams that also need quarterbacks. Uh, The Patriots, in my opinion, need a quarterback. And the Colts need a quarterback if they don't trade for Carson Wentz. Do you see Mac Jones going to either either of those teams? Mac
3: Jones is a very tricky person to pinpoint. And so there's a but. Like, if you want to look at teams who need quarterbacks, there's more than we've probably ever seen in recent years. Just between teams who need quarterback right now, teams who need it within a year, teams who need it for the future, whether that is... Uh, some of the, like, old guard, per se, such as, like, Tom Brady and ben, Big Ben, at, as they start to retire, will have more openings across the league. So, there's a bunch of teams who could be sneaky picks for quarterbacks, or just who want to, like, move on from the current guy. You guys, like, the Bears are in look for are in need of it. The 49ers want to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. The Patriots need someone. And, obviously, there's a bunch of other quarterback dominoes to fall, such as, like, Where Jimmy Garoppolo goes, where Sean Watson ends up going, and et cetera. Ultimately, I think Mac Jones is a first round quarterback. I think he's drafted in the first round. I do not, I finished my evaluation on Mac Jones, and I do not value him near that. I think he finished with like a fourth round grade for me, and that's basically equivalent to I think he's a backup quarterback in the league. And that's perfectly fine. I think he'll have a great role. I think he can come in and be a starter for you with everything around around him pretty well he can he can run an offense basically and he can be they be he can be a guy who can keep you afloat and kind of drop push you downfield or or you can get some wins out of him kind of like Garner Minshew when we saw last year we saw him really be able to maximize there was some fun within he was able to get the team to score some points and make the offense fun jones can do that he can handle that but i think when it comes down to it, he's not really a franchise guy that you want I don't think that's going to stop the NFL from drafting him in the first round, though. I think he's middle of the round, maybe late first round, someplace where I really think the sweet spot for him is, especially when you look at like the 12 to 16 range you have teams just like the Vikings are in the area, the the Patriots are in the area, the 49ers are in the area, the Bears are in the area, They one of them might get desperate enough to take him. Well, hey, since we're on the
0: topic of Mac Jones, um, what are the chances that he surprises everybody and goes number six to the Eagles? And if this does happen, do you know of any good blood pressure medications? Because
3: I think Lando would probably need them. I feel like this is just to get a spite out of Lando. Lando, I think the chances are probably one less than one percent. I'll say that just because who knows with the NFL and the Eagles as a whole what happens, but
0: Hey, all I heard is more than zero, so that's uh that's a pretty tough odds for Orlando over there, man. We we all know Lando can't stand Mac Jones.
1: Alright, well well wait, hold on. Never said I can't stand Mac Jones. What I said was I think he's a good quarterback. I just think his numbers were so inflated because of, of the team he had around him. I, I I acknowledge he's a good quarterback. And, you know, will he be good in the NFL? Maybe. He could be.
3: I don't think he will be, but we'll see. See, that's fair. That kind of goes back to what I think. It His success in the NFL depends on how you look at it. If you look at his success through him being a starting quarterback, it might not be too hot, but I think he can have a very long career as a backup. And that's exactly kind of where I project him to be. I think he'll be a great guy. I think he can come in, win you some games. He'll be a guy, if you if, you, if your starting quarterback goes down, he's pr- probably one of the top guys who you want to go in and fill that hole for you. So, bridge quarter, that's great. And I really love him in that role. Really, I, He's someone I would love to have on my team. I'd love to have Matt Jones on my team. I just don't know if I want him to be my franchise quarterback.
1: That's exactly what I said in our in, in our in our group message. I think Mac Jones is going to be a solid franchise backup. And hey, I'd draft that.
3: There's nothing wrong with round that. Round four, or round three, if I absolutely need a backup, but he's not someone I draft higher than that. But I am I am right there with both of y'all. And that's where the disconnect kind of comes. That like kind of gets like turns you guys turns you off on some guys. Just because they go higher than you like, really like them. Like, I like Mac Jones a lot. I like a lot of what he has. He's the best deep ball in the class. He's pretty, he's extremely accurate downfield. and It's pretty crazy, but like, physical tools, he just doesn't have what you need to be a franchise quarterback today's NFL.
0: Yeah, he just doesn't have much to build on either. He seems like he's kind of hit his peak.
3: Right. And like, that's, that's fine. Like, he'll grow a little bit mentally and like, he'll take some steps. But like, overall, yeah, he's not really someone who, you can, like, watch, take these Jurassic sets forwards. He probably will be around where he is now. Well, hey, who
0: knows? I'm sure people used to say that about Tom Brady, too, when he was coming in the league. Yeah, well... You can't compare everybody to Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. Hunter's gotta get back to the Bachelor, so we gotta let him go here soon.
3: Oh, that's all good. I'll catch up on it tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah, gonna, I'm gonna
1: catch up on it tomorrow, too, because, cause, man, them chicken women are hot! God, they're hot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have you been watching Atlanta?
1: Yeah, I've been watching it, man. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I didn't realize there were so many hot women in the world.
3: Hey, one's from uh, my
1: hometown. Yeah. Dude, hey. Oh, uh, see, see, here we go. All of a sudden, Hunter gets on 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 here, and you know, the conversation sparked. Anyway, that that chick, what's her? I, I forget what her name is. Rachel. She, Rachel? Oh, she's oh, she she's oh she's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Oh
3: man. Oh, yeah. Apparently I, she. Do what? I said. She, I said. Apparently she wins. What? Oh. oh spoiler alert on the podcast
0: man
1: i don't
3: oh. think they're not watching enough to really because i actually i actually enjoy the show thoroughly
1: they didn't put me on that show see what happens
3: i don't think we would need to see
0: what happens oh i'm you would be very
3: entertained i'm sure it would be very entertaining all right man We'll
0: we'll go ahead and let you go hunter we appreciate you coming on here man
3: yeah man thanks for having me guys it was really fun see you later, I mean, hunter. You stay
0: safe down there in statesboro you guys too Well, guys, that was a great interview with Hunter. Uh, Glad he got to come on and talk a little NFL draft with us. Um, I think that's definitely something we should do again. Let's go ahead and get into our pour one out, cut them off segment. You know, we got to do this every week. Lando, who are you pouring one out for?
1: So this week I'm pouring one out for the streaker from the game last night. That was the best part of the game it was the most entertaining part and it was the best run of the game i am disappointed though that he slid two yards before the end zone if you're going to streak the field at the super bowl at least dive head first into the end zone and score a touchdown but you know good for him that was very entertaining i think it's what we all needed but considering we had to sit there and endure a very boring game uh this week i'm cutting off uh the nfl officials for giving antoine whitfield winfield a taunting penalty last night for throwing the peace sign at Tyreek Hill that defense shut down Tyreek Hill all game now as we all know Tyreek Hill when he scores touchdowns throws a peace sign in in the uh, defender's faces so if defenders are going to get penalties for putting a peace sign in his face then he also needs to get a penalty for throwing it back in their face I just think it was a a bs call honestly because if you're If you're shutting somebody down, then you you have all the right to taunt in their face. Kick people while they're down. It's okay.
0: Witt, who are you pulling one out for? So I'm actually going to pour one out for the losing quarterback from last night's game, and that's Patrick Mahomes. Um, I'm pouring one out for him mostly because I just feel bad for him. He didn't have any help. His receivers couldn't catch the ball. Uh, Besides Travis Kelsey, nobody could get open. And even if they could get open, Pat Mahomes didn't have enough time to throw the ball because the offensive line could just not hold up against Shaq Barrett, Devin White, uh, JPP, those guys, they were just absolutely obliterating that offensive line. It was not good at all. Um, and and he was still making some awesome throws. He had that crazy sidearm throw. It looked like something out of an old Madden game back when like the lag used to mess up stuff. There's glitches all over the place. Um, so I'm, I'm going to pour, pour one out for him. And I'm going to be cutting off the Preds hockey schedule. And I know most people on here probably don't. Watch much hockey, and I really don't either. I'm just now getting into it now that I live in Nashville. But um, their last couple games, they played the Stars twice, who were the runner-ups in the Stanley Cup last year. And then they played the Blackhawks twice, who they beat twice. Ended up being good games for the Preds. Um, And the Blackhawks are traditionally a pretty good team. They're not that great this year. And then the next two games, they played the Lightning, who won the Stanley Cup last year. And then the two games after that, they played the Panthers who have not lost a single game in regulation this entire season. So, and I don't know much about hockey. Like I said, I'm just getting into it. But that's just, that just seems insane to me that that ended up being what the Preds have ended up with. And I'm sitting here right now watching them play the Lightning again, who won the Stanley Cup last year. So uh, definitely cutting off uh, the NHL for giving the Preds this tough of a schedule when they knew I'd be living here and hoping for a playoff run at
2: some point. So, um,
0: so NHL, you know what, Pred schedule, you're getting cut off. Keys, what about you? Who you pouring out for?
2: All right, so we're moving over to baseball for my pour them out. Uh, the Atlanta Braves re-signed Marcelo Zuna for a four-year, sixty-four million dollar deal. I know we're all happy about that, being from Atlanta. And uh, I'm cutting off the Chiefs' receiving, as Witt just mentioned. Patrick Mahomes was getting zero help, with the exception of Travis Kelsey, who I felt like every time I was looking up, it was Travis Kelsey getting a ball thrown his way. I mean, Mahomes was just doing some incredible. Uh, scrambling and, and throwing the ball parallel to the ground, cross field, and just and hitting his target dead on. And the receivers are just letting him hit in the face. So cutting off the receiving really could have made an impact in, in the game uh, with some of those incredible scrambles that uh, Patrick Mahomes had, but unfortunately fell short. Receiving core you cut off. Yeah, dude, they were just terrible.
1: So I have some information on the streaker from last night. So apparently this guy bet 50000 on a prop bet at plus 750 that there would be a streaker at the Super Bowl. His buddy went out first as a diversion, so he didn't get caught as quickly as his friend. It cost this guy $1,000 to get out of jail, so he cleared
2: 374 k on the bet. <laughs> wow! No way! Are so, you serious?
1: So, so this guy is winning in life right now. That is awesome. I didn't oh
0: my gosh. That makes it so much better. F- th- oh that, my gosh. I, that that makes it completely worth it to streak the field. Exactly. On the Super Bowl. Exactly. There's no, like there's no better reason ever. Like I honestly thought I was I feel like most of the time when people do that, it's just like for publicity or yeah. just to get attention And people and like family and friends be like, oh gosh, there's my son or whatever streaking across the field. This guy just made over forty thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Good for him. Good for him. I wonder what sports book he bet that on.
2: Who knows? But Because I wish I would have bet it.
0: But yeah, guys, you know, this is the first weekend without football. Nothing at all. There's no baseball or anything on yet. You know, we have hockey and basketball and whatnot. And um, I know we have, uh, I think NASCAR is coming back this week. Uh, is, is, that, uh, is that what you were talking about, Lando? Daytona 500 might be this week? You're damn right. NASCAR is finally
1: back on sunday the daytona 500 is back this is the great american race and i am going to be glued to the tv from noon all the way until the race is over my sundays are now going to be consisting of jesus and nascar because that's what sundays are for uh i love this race this is a great race for those who don't know about nascar or don't watch it give this race a A try watch it out watch it because it's actually very entertaining You you would be surprised when you watch these races because there's a lot more going on than just drivers making left turns you know there's a lot going on on pit road there's a lot of strategy involved I think a lot of people would would really enjoy watching NASCAR if they got past the stereotype
0: yeah honestly I might even try and watch this weekend I'm not really a huge NASCAR guy uh Lando when we all lived together I think I I uh Tried to let you get me into it. I don't know if we really pushed it too, too hard. Um, but I know we were talking about there's a race coming up in Nashville this summer. And me and Lando and our buddy Chad are all we all have tickets to the to the race. And uh, we might get some other people to come with me. Keys, I think, talked about going potentially. Yeah, he gave me a nod. So um, I think I, I would like to get into it. I love I love sports and I love being into as many sports as I can be. So if I can add more sports that I'm interested in and that I really uh have a passion for, that's uh I think that's always a good thing. It gets me through to football season.
1: Yeah, I can I can sit here and try to explain it to you a hundred thousand different ways, but the best way for you to really understand what's going on is to actually go to a race. Cause once you go to a race, you you then realize that this is actually really awesome. Watching cars go around a track is awesome.
0: Yeah, and hey, I mean, I feel like NASCAR whether you like watching it on TV or not, it's one of those sports that when you're in person and during like in the actual environment of the event, it is just so awesome. And a lot of people have told me that too, from, uh, from college, like uh, a couple of our buddies, a couple of my fraternity brothers who went to Talladega said that they, like they've never watched NASCAR in their entire lives, but it was one of the most, most funs they've ever had at a sporting event. Cause they got to go and you get to drink your own beer and you get to like pitch tents outside the, uh, outside the race or sleep in RVs or whatever the heck people do over there. So, yeah, uh, so it just sounds like a fun time.
1: For people who don't know, NASCAR events are like no other. They are the only event where you can literally spend nothing at the venue. The most money you'll spend is gas to get there and back. But you can bring your own beer. You can bring your own food into the racetrack. You can bring anything into the racetrack. They don't care. As long as you don't make, you know, get drunk and do something stupid, they don't care. NASCAR
0: is awesome. <laughs> from the from the little bit of NASCAR I have watched, I feel like they really don't care that much if you get if you get drunk and do something stupid. As long as you don't jump in front of a car and get ran over or something like that, I think I think you're probably all right. Oh, one of my favorite parts about going to a NASCAR
1: race is, is actually not the race; it's it's watching people leave when the race is over.
0: Oh, I can imagine. I bet people are stumbling all over the place. I'm usually one of those people. All right, Lando. So who are you picking for that race? Daytona 500, who you got? Well,
1: obviously, I'm not going to pick anybody else other than Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick is my favorite driver, for those who don't know. He has won the Daytona 500 one other time. That was in 2007 in a a race that that you could split hairs of how close uh, uh, him and Mark Martin were at the finish line. That's how close the race was. Um, I think it's going to be a great race. Uh, I'm just hoping that we don't get a whole bunch of red flags towards the end of the race where it stretches it out and makes it super boring. Uh, Just hope that everybody's able to finish and nobody gets hurt like uh,
0: Ryan Newman did last year. So I'm picking Kevin Harvick. Nice, man. Well, hey, I'm going to do Matt's pick for him because he uh, ended up not being able to be on the show tonight. He had some daddy duty stuff he had to attend to, and uh, he's also a baseball coach. He had a later practice. So he's actually picking Kyle Busch, who apparently had a disappointing season. And uh, he's going to win his first uh, Daytona 500 this weekend, is what Matt's thinking. Um, I've I've actually heard of both of those racers. I haven't heard of many of them, but those two are two that that I've definitely heard of. I feel like Kyle Busch is not a very well-liked
1: guy. Yeah, Kyle Busch is not well-liked, but he is respected by everybody
0: because that guy is a damn good race car driver. Well, hey hopefully it ends up being a good race and uh, like lando was saying hopefully nobody gets hurt all right guys well that's our show thank you all for coming and listening as always we appreciate it please give us a follow on instagram at around the keg and on twitter at around the keg pod send us any questions or topics you want us to discuss on the show uh let us know if you hate us let us know if you like us uh we like your reviews as always and i uh, hope you guys have a great week see y'all